You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome you back to another episode. If you don't like that, Grant Napier with you. I hope you are getting ready to have a fabulous weekend. It has not been a fabulous week in the sports world unless you are a fan of the Atlanta Braves. But this has been a very, very difficult week with a lot of uh, stories uh, that really are, are not good. And today on the podcast, I'm going to talk about how people and the media are covering these stories. But first, let me tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs. And remember, they're available to you around the clock 24-7. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. They've got a fix for you. And again, they're available 24-7, so check them out for all of your plumbing needs and repairs at newworksplumbing.com. Once again, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Again, unless you're a fan of the Atlanta Braves, this has been a miserable week in the world of sports. And it's just unbelievable to me where priorities are when it comes to covering stories. To me, the, the, well, not, not just to me, but I think everyone would agree that the most tragic story involves Henry Ruggs III and his just callous, uh, ridiculous act which took the life of an innocent woman aged 23 and her dog when Ruggs, who was two times over the legal limit in the state of Nevada, was going 156 miles per hour in his Corvette and struck the back of this innocent person's vehicle. That person died in a ball of flames with her dog. And then you have the Aaron Rodgers COVID story that comes out. And it's Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that. The media has jumped all over the Rodgers story much, much, much more than Henry Ruggs and the story that took the life of an innocent person. And and I don't quite understand that. As a matter of fact, when you look at stories, if you just Google certain stories, like if I Google, 
For instance, if I go Henry Ruggs, all right, and you look at the stories involving Henry Ruggs. So I'll do it for you right now. Henry Ruggs. All right, so I'm going to read you the headlines, okay? The morning Tina Tinter and Raider star Henry Ruggs cross paths. Video shows Henry Ruggs sobbing at Las Vegas crash site as victim's car burns. Henry Ruggs III drove 156 miles per hour seconds before the fatal car crash, prosecutors say. Henry Ruggs' DUI crash video shows him swearing, sobbing at the scene. Police say Henry Ruggs III was driving 156 miles per hour. This wasn't an accident. It was an inevitability. I said that yesterday. I-Team, uncooperative, incoherent ex-Raider Henry Ruggs yelled at police, hospital staff after accident. Giants Kadarius Tony ripped for Henry Ruggs' mistakes tweet. Henry Ruggs III filmed partying in Las Vegas before a deadly high-speed crash. Video shows Ruggs speeding in car with girlfriend who says, slow down. And this just goes on and on and on. And obviously for about 24 hours, it was a huge story. But what do we say, right? The, and here's another story that came out as I was in the middle of doing my podcast by TMZ. Henry Ruggs' crash victim was Target employee store offering counseling. But this story is almost like old news now because of the story involving Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And it's just amazing that the rug story has basically gone to the back page. And by back page, I don't mean the back page of the tabloids. I mean, like, in priority. And if you Google Aaron Rodgers, and I'll do that right now and read you the headlines... Aaron Rodgers. Let me read you some of the headlines with Aaron Rodgers. All right. Aaron Rodgers tests positive for COVID-19. Rules for unvaccinated NFL players. Blah, blah, blah. The Washington Post. Aaron Rodgers. Master deflector. Fails leadership 101 and fails the Packers. Packernews.com. Packers Halloween party under the microscope after Aaron Rodgers covid PackerNews.com reporting that Aaron Rodgers was inside at a Halloween party without a mask on. USA Today, opinion, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. He lied about being vaccinated and being a team player. CNN, this is what Aaron Rodgers has said about his COVID-19 vaccine status. New York Post, Twitter turned on Shailene Woodley, after Aaron Rodgers' COVID controversy. Woodley and Elk Rodgers are engaged. Los Angeles Times, op-ed. How could this happen? Aaron Rodgers didn't get vaccinated, and the NFL let him play anyway. Well, you're allowed to play. Chicago Tribune, column. Aaron Rodgers' credibility takes hit after COVID-19 positive. All right? 
And then there are other stories that just mystify me, and I'm going to read part of the excerpts from the headline from the SF Gate. You ready for this? Here's your headline. Aaron Rodgers sucks and has always sucked. Columnist Drew Maggery. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs. It shouldn't surprise anyone to discover that two months into the NFL season, the Packers superstar quarterback hasn't been vaccinated. It shouldn't surprise anyone that before the season, Rodgers told the press he was immunized, a quote you can interpret as a delusional, or excuse me, a quote you can interpret as a delusion, a purposeful uh, or outright lie. It shouldn't surprise anyone that Rodgers, according to ESPN's Rob Domvowski, has conducted his press conferences in person and maskless all season, despite not being jabbed. It shouldn't surprise anyone that Aaron Rodgers, as a person, sucks. How about that? I mean, really? What, what kind of journalism is that? That Aaron Rodgers sucks? He goes on and says, this is where I disclose that I cheer for the Minnesota Vikings, but I assure you that I hate my own quarterback just as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers, if not more so. Hate, can we use a different word than hate? We're talking about football players here. We're talking about, like, sports, all right? This is unbelievable. He goes on and says, so when I tell you that Rodgers is a demonstrably awful person, it's not just because of the uniform he's wearing. You don't have to cheer for the opposition to be sick and tired of Rodgers imposing his vast psychological needs on the rest of humanity because he's too chicken blank to fix himself. Then he goes on and he writes more. If you still want to call Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback of all time, whether it's because of his incomparable style of play or because you just don't want to say it's Tom Brady like everyone else would, go right ahead. I've idolized terrible men in sports, and I'd be fine with the character clause for the Baseball Hall of Fame crumpled into a bowl and then smacked 475 feet into a flowing river. But some measure of public accountability would be nice here. I'd like the man booed. I'd like his coaches to denounce him publicly instead of doing whatever the F Matt LaFleur is doing here. This story really is unbelievable. I mean, it really is. Then he goes on and says, that's the moral equivalent of opting for a field goal instead of going for the win at the end of the NFC title game. I'd like people, especially the press, to draw more attention to Rodgers when he outs himself as a chemtrails guy or hangs out with Dave Portnoy or goes on vacation with the worst anti vaccine actor in Hollywood or endangers those same members of the press by potentially infecting them with his own aerosol spittle every week for two months. Everyone is so afraid of this dickhead and what has he ever done off the field to earn that difference? All he does is bitch. I I just can't believe this story. I, I really, I can't. He goes on and says, 
And I'd like to be there taunting, a lot of taunting. I'm not going to pass on suggested chance to you because I am not a Duke student. You can figure it out yourself. But we vaccinated people are still being much too nice to the unvaccinated people, particularly those unvaccinated people who should know better and do. LaFleur just used the dreaded personal choice phrasing when discussing the matter, essentially letting Rogers off the hook. You don't have to do the same. Taunt this man. Use chants. Use signs. Use your own two middle fingers unless you're a Bears fan. Give him everything you got because it's what he deserves. And because the truth about Aaron Rodgers is that deep down, he can't take it. He never could. Is it just unbelievable, seriously, that a sports columnist would write, Aaron Rodgers sucks and has always sucked. That's where we're at in America today. That's where we're at. That's where we are at. And there are others. Stephen A. Smith went on ESPN and said that Rogers is a liar and a coward. I guess it's okay for him to call someone a coward, but I can't. Just for the record, I made a mistake when I called Doug Christie a coward. What I should have said and what I meant to say and did not is that his act of remaining silent was cowardly. I don't think he's a coward. I believe that him not speaking up was cowardly based on the conversations that he and I had for 48 hours between my tweet on May 31st and my subsequent firing on June 2nd. Everything that we had talked about, both over the phone and via text, led me to believe that he was going to support me, and he did not. To me, that's cowardly. But I guess it's okay for Stephen A. Smith to call Rogers a liar and a coward, and not many people are going to stick up to him or stand up to him. All right? Although Jay Williams did, he said, I have this gripe with you, and I wrote down some things that you said here. Three and a half weeks ago, you said it amounts to betrayal for Kyrie, flat out stupid, bad teammate, selfish. How about that? October 16th to CNN, to hell with you. You say all these things about Kyrie Irving, and he was very upfront and honest about his situation. He wasn't jeopardizing anyone else. He didn't put anybody else on the Brooklyn Nets at risk. I just didn't feel the same venom. I didn't feel the same energy that was associated with Kyrie Irving, and a part of me wonders why. How come you don't hold Aaron Rodgers, who lied, to the same standard? Just so you know, I'm reading this for the first time, so I'm going to ask you this question. Can you imagine if it was the roles were reversed? Seriously. Can you imagine if it was reversed? What the outcry would be? I think we know the answer to that question. But there's so much venom. There's so much hostility. The San Francisco gate, the SF gate, has a columnist. And the headline of the story, Aaron Rodgers sucks and has always sucked. I've known Aaron Rodgers for his entire professional career. I met Aaron Rodgers before his first ever Packer training camp after he had left Cal. I think I've shared the story with you, but if you missed it, I'll tell it to you again. I was doing the radio show with Mike Lamb. And my producer got Aaron Rodgers to come on the show. This was before Aaron 
ever stepped on a professional football field. All right? It was after Cal, and I believe, I believe it was before the NFL draft. All right? So he hadn't even been drafted yet. And Aaron comes on the show, and I'm off that day. And Mike Lamb introduces Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron says something like this. Where's Grant? And Mike said, oh, he's off. He's not working today. And Aaron said, what do you mean? That's the only reason why I'm coming on the show. I, I, Grant's my idol. And again, I, I, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back or brag. I mean, I was the TV voice of a team that when Aaron was watching the Kings play was one of the best teams in basketball. A lot of people loved watching the Kings. And there are a lot of people that would tell you the same thing about me and Gary Gerald and Jerry Reynolds. It's part of what we do for a living. Yes, there are those that don't like us, but there are that's not uncommon for people to come up and tell you that. So Aaron comes on the radio and says that. And Mike says, don't worry, you'll be able to meet him in just a few weeks up at Lake Tahoe at the Celebrity Golf Tournament. So I met Aaron and we talked for quite a while. We had him on the show and I developed a friendship with Aaron. And we exchanged numbers And we used to text quite a bit. And we used to see each other up in Lake Tahoe. And then I remember the date uh, in September of 2007, being at the Giants game with my kids. And one of the other reasons why I remember that day so vividly, it was the last time I ever saw my dad, as we say goodbye to him in the driveway on the way to the game with my brother. And I also remember it because the Giants lost to the Packers that day to go to 0-2. And I remember walking out of the stadium with my brother, and I'm saying, well, our season's over already. We're done. And the Giants went on and ended up beating Green Bay that year in the NFC Championship game. That was Brett Favre's last game ever for the Green Bay Packers. And then, of course, the Giants upset the Patriots two weeks later. But Aaron, who was on the field, his hair was very similar to the way it is now, very long, and flowing out of the back of his helmet, and I yelled his name. And again, we were there very early, and he ran over and said hi to me and my boys and then ran off the field. And then when Aaron became the starting quarterback of the Packers, uh, he used to come on my radio show in Sacramento whenever I asked him. He also used to come on the Jim Rome show whenever I hosted, whenever I asked him. Uh, It was not uncommon for Aaron to reach out to me and ask me questions about the Kings And after games, I would send him a text, and he'd be on a plane getting ready to take off, and he would tell me that. He goes, hey, we're just getting ready to leave, man. Thanks very much. Appreciate the kind words. Talk to you later. And I'm just trying to paint the picture for you. That's the type of friendship that I had with Aaron. You know, we didn't hang out. You know, we weren't going out to eat or anything, but we had that type of friendship. And then I couldn't believe this, but the week of the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers came on my radio show. I mean, think about that. The quarterback of, a, of, a, of the Green Bay Packers coming on my radio show. And then, after they won the Super Bowl, he came on my show on Monday. Came on the show. Interviewed him. The MVP of the Super Bowl. The day after. And from that time forward, Aaron changed. And he became more and more isolated. And he became more and more standoffish. I saw it up at the golf tournament in Lake Tahoe. Everyone used to comment on it, all the regulars up there that worked and the volunteers. And, you know, he wouldn't do any more interviews. Uh, He changed. He changed. He became more distant. And then we saw his brother, Jordan, on the TV show The Bachelor. 
and it became public that Aaron and his family had a falling out. And I don't know where that stands. I never talked to Aaron about that. It was none of my business. And, you know, again, the only time I would ever see Aaron or talk to Aaron would be up at Lake Tahoe. And when I saw Aaron, he was great. He would come on the radio show up in Lake Tahoe on the driving range. And then he would avoid coming on the show. He would say, yeah, I'll be happy to. Let's do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow would come and he would disappear. And he was just different. He became a different human being after the Super Bowl. But I wouldn't ever say that Aaron Rodgers sucks as a person. And yet you have a columnist from the SF gate saying that? That's unbelievable. Then the third big story this week has to do with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. So if I Google Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, what comes out on the headlines? Odell Beckham Jr. excused from Cleveland Browns practice for second straight day amid wide receivers. Browns' Odell Beckham Jr. working towards split. Raiders Saints among 10 potential landing spots. Just for the record, I don't know why anybody would want Odell Beckham. All right? ESPN, Cleveland Browns' Baker Mayfield surprised by Odell Beckham Sr.'s critical post. I mean... It just goes on and on. NBC Sports, Odell Beckham Jr. picked the perfect time to make a power play. Odell Beckham Jr. and Cleveland Browns, what we know about. Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James also offered his support for OBJ on Twitter. And he tweeted this. And I talked about this earlier in the week. All right? I talked about his tweet about Odell Beckham and his support. For Odell Beckham, like he's within the know of what the hell's going on in Cleveland, right? I mean, I I, I couldn't believe it when I read that. He's got over 50 million Twitter followers, does LeBron James, all right? Over 50 million Twitter followers. And yet he's got to weigh in on Odell Beckham and show his support. All right. He said on Twitter, OBJ will show again why he's special. WR1, hashtag, free OBJ. Free him. You mean like the way the New York Giants freed him and traded him to a team where his best friend was on the team and Jarvis Landry? You mean free him like that? And while we're on the topic, I don't recall a tweet from LeBron James showing sympathy for the young woman that was killed by Henry Ruggs III, whose family is grieving beyond belief. Didn't say anything on that. You would think, you know, a guy with over 50 million followers on Twitter may just want to put out, hey, you know what we're really thinking about? We feel awful for the family, but oh no. Let's just talk about Odell Beckham. Let's free Odell Beckham. The whole damn thing is such a hypocrisy. All right? Then... If you do the same thing with Baker Mayfield, all right, Baker Mayfield. And this is what comes up. Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, as I said, surprised, all right? SB Nation, Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield is the leader the team needs. Fan Nation, OBJ's dad destroys Baker Mayfield. NBC Sports, Baker Mayfield on Odell Beckham. If he's back... We'll work through it. Fox News. Uh Uh-oh. 
Baker Mayfield's wife has entered the Browns OBJ drama. It's unbelievable. It really is. The media and following everything is amazing, but the Henry Rugg story has almost come to a standstill as if it didn't happen. And now everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers, and this will continue because the NFL will have to come down on Rodgers. They should come down on the Packers, and then that will be the only story that people are talking about unless something other, just a bad story that will probably come out and change the news cycle before you even listen to this podcast as I record this late Thursday. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, the Aaron Rodgers news cycle has become stale and there's another front page story. That's the society that we are living in today. And if you look at social media, it will drive yourself crazy. And again, Kevin Euclid, the mental health and well-being of our country is deteriorating and social media is the culprit. The constant hatred towards others that don't share the same opinions is tiresome and unhealthy for our society. Social media gets a big fat F this week, and there are a lot of journalists, a lot of sports writers that get a big fat F too. And you can start with this SF gate because that's as bad as it gets. All right, let's move on now to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. If you want to ask me a question, just go to crowdultra.com and just maybe, just maybe, I'll answer your question on my podcast. Aaron asked, when do you think it will be made known if the MLB is going to have a lockout? Not right before spring training, which would be in February, and I have no idea what's going to happen. Jerry asked, do you buy into NBA players blaming the new ball for poor shooting percentages? You know, the new Wilson basketball, they've said that everything is the same, the same seams, the same leather. So I don't know, but players have the basketball in their hands, and I don't. So if they're saying that, then yeah, I believe there would be something to that, but I don't know. Reed asked, have I been following what Enos Cantor has been saying about China? I have, and I don't disagree with him. I think he's not afraid to speak up. Um, you know, his homeland of Turkey, and they want him extradited to Turkey, and he has to be very careful and live his life differently because of what's gone on in his homeland and if you, if you really want to know more about Cantor, just Google him. But is he wrong? Reed? I don't think so. Tim wants to know, did you see the woke The View woman debate Cap's comments about the NFL being like slavery? I did not, but if Colin Kaepernick thinks the NFL is like slavery, he's more delusional than I thought he was. Ricky asked, Pablo Sandoval just won his fourth ring. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. No, he is not a Hall of Famer. Keith asks, is there a possibility Mike White steals the starting job from Zach Wilson? No. No. They have too much invested in Wilson. They're going to give Wilson every possible opportunity uh, to be the future quarterback of the New York Jets. So, no. There's no chance. Now, he may start for a couple of games. As you're listening to this, he played last night, and I didn't watch the game before I did this podcast. So, maybe we have a completely different narrative today. Logan asks, Jack Eichel has been known for having problems with nightlife. Should the Golden Knights be concerned? Well, they should be more concerned about his pending disc surgery, and he's going to be out for about three months. Uh, As I told you, my best friend, and I'm being very transparent here, is the president of Hockey Operations, 
for the Vegas Golden Knights, and I know how George runs his team, so I would say no, the Golden Knights will not be concerned. That's the prediction that I'm making. Chase asked, do you think Odell Beckham is done with the Browns? I just read a lot of the highlight uh, highlights. Yes, I do. Brendan asked, do you agree with Marcus Smart saying Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum need to pass the ball more? Well, based on the Celtics record, probably yes. They've been as disappointing as any team in the Eastern Conference. And they played Miami last night. And again, I'm recording this podcast before the game, so I don't know what happened against a very good Miami Heat team. But the Celts have been very, very disappointing. And I'm sorry to see that because I'm a huge fan of Ime Yudoka, their new coach. And I'm, I, I normally don't sympathize with any teams from Boston, but I'm really pulling for Ime Yudoka because I just respect the hell out of him. Pat asks, where do you rank Larry Bird all time? Really, really high, Pat. He's up really, really up near the top of the list. I can't put a number on it, but he's the real deal. Andre asks, do the Heat have the best defense in the league? I think they, along with the Jazz, do. You know, the Jazz have a phenomenal defensive team. I think those are your top two two defensive teams uh, in the league. Uh, Zach asks, isn't it interesting there's some karma that goes along with the Braves winning the World Series after the uh, after Major League Baseball stole the All-Star game from them. Yeah, and I'm happy to see it because taking the All-Star game out of Atlanta was a disgrace. It was a travesty. It should have never happened. It hurt the city of Atlanta. It hurt a lot of the workers during a very difficult time in our country with the pandemic. And I'm, great, I'm grateful that they had three World Series games, hotels, restaurants, everything else, and, of course, uh, the great parade that they're going to have. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, Julian wants to know, will Henry Ruggs play in the NFL again after his fatal drunk driving crash? I can't even believe you're asking me that. I I can't even believe that you would think that a guy that committed the atrocity that he did would ever play in the National Football League again. And I know what you're going to say. Well, Leonard Little did after vehicular homicide. Dante Stallworth did after, you know, again, taking the life of an innocent person. Uh, Julian, my own personal opinion, after reading the stories over the last day or two, is that Henry Ruggs, by the time he gets out of prison, would be too old to play football, even if he was afforded the opportunity. That's how I feel about that. Hey, don't forget, you can just go to CrowdUltra.com, CrowdUltra.com, ask me a question, and maybe I'll answer it right here on the podcast. It's time for And today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. Roy is awesome. I want to first of all tell you that I've known Roy for a number of years. I've worked with Roy and his staff, and it's a throwback. Roy is as honest as they come. Uh, He's really overcome two death sentences with what was diagnosed as terminal cancer. He has fought through it, and uh, not only am I blessed that he is sponsoring my podcast, but I'm grateful that he and I have gotten to be very good friends because I consider him now a good friend. But I would also tell you this, when it comes to home loans, when it comes to helping out people the old-fashioned way, and by that I mean he wants to work with you face-to-face, he wants to get to know you, He truly does care about you. Uh, You really can't do better, in my opinion, than Roy 
at Roy's Umbrella. He also tells me that he sees signs that remind him of 2007-2008 as it relates to the housing market. So if you are thinking of selling your house, if you are in the market, if you don't know whether now is a good time to refi, uh, get in touch with Roy and his staff. You'll be glad that you did. Again, I can't thank Roy enough for his friendship and his support on this podcast, but he's also a phenomenal person to work with. He and his staff. Just go to roysumbrella.com. That's roysumbrella.com. Well, the idiot of the week goes to Kadarius Toney, the rookie wide receiver for the New York Giants, who went to social media after the Henry Ruggs arrest, subsequent charges, and the tragedy that unfolded in Las Vegas. He put on social media, we young, everybody make mistakes. Y'all looking at the situation like this or that because it ain't y'all having so much to say. He know he messed up. Don't drag him for it. That's goofy to me. Just pray for the families involved. The New York Post said it very eloquently. Everybody does make mistakes. If you drive while intoxicated at 156 miles per hour, killing a 23-year-old woman and her dog. Damien Woody also came at Tony very hard and said this. Some of y'all youngins don't believe in accountability is the problem. A person was killed because of a terrible decision. How about that? Seriously. I mean, what on earth is Kadarius Tony thinking about with that tweet? And good for him. And I mean, good for him. Good for Damian Woody and others that have piled on. I can tell you flat out, the New York Giants have to be absolutely embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed by the actions of Tony, who's already been disciplined, by the way, by the football team. By the way, Tony did reply, all right, after he got ripped, and he said this, tough talking don't phase me, gangsta. He tweeted with two laughing faces. Tough talking don't phase me, gangsta. With two laughing faces. That's somebody right there that is delusional with a capital D. And that's my podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Always good to have you on board here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.